Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about gray area drinkers. I'll explain the idea of the popular saying, rock bottom is where you stop digging, what misery threshold is, and how positive alcohol expectancies play a large role in how we drink. 
I think gray area drinkers have a unique challenge of not having their drinking be bad enough to quit, but having it be bad enough to make them miserable all the time. So I'll discuss this idea in this episode. Before we begin this episode, I want to make you guys aware of some exclusive content that I'm offering through Patreon. So if you sign up to become a patron of the podcast, it's anywhere from $1 a month to $10 a month. And some of the goodies that you can receive for your contribution and support are things like an extra bonus episode per month and weekly deep dive videos. So the additional episode is going to be based on whatever my patrons request, and the deep dive videos will be about the podcast episode for that week. So if you have more questions about becoming a patron, the link is in the show notes, and feel free to send me an email or DM me on Instagram, and I can explain it to you. So with that, let's dig in. When we think of addiction, most of us think of rock bottom. We think of addicts who are homeless or end up in jail, then completely change their lives. There's a popular saying in the recovery community, rock bottom is where you stop digging. This is absolutely true, but that's because we all have a different misery threshold. So this is the same as saying something like, we all have our own version of rock bottom. You can think of misery threshold like pain threshold. So how much misery can you handle before enough is enough? That invisible line is your version of rock bottom. Absolute life destruction isn't what happens for most of us. Some people have an exceptionally high misery threshold, which could be for a variety of reasons. Mental health conditions, being physically dependent, financial limitations, or a lack of support. Others will simply wake up one day with another hangover and say, that's it. Nothing horrible happened to them, but things have likely been adding up for a while and that hangover just pushed them too far. I had something really bad happen to me in December 2018. I refer to it as my greatest shame. I couldn't even tell my husband about this until I was seven months sober, so this isn't something that I've spoken about on this podcast or on social media yet. My greatest shame is probably someone else's rock bottom. The moment where they crossed their misery threshold and thought, nope, no more of this. I continued to drink for another 11 months though. This is around when my suicidal thoughts began appearing. I suffered with them until March 2019, where I challenged myself to 90 days sober. Then I went back to drinking in June, blew up my life again, had another extremely embarrassing thing happen in September, and finally quit for real in November. I quit for the exact same reason that I challenged myself to 90 days in the first place. So I had to hit my misery threshold twice for me to really believe it. Lots of drinkers suffer with suicidal thoughts, but just having them isn't enough for them to stop drinking. Their misery threshold may be a failed suicide attempt or several, maybe continuing to attempt this until they permanently disable themselves. There are other drinkers who continue to drink despite consequences like these and eventually are successful in their attempts. It's not because they're worse than I was or their life was worse than mine. It's because they have an extremely high misery threshold. 
Misery Threshold is very challenging for gray area drinkers. If you listen to episode 24, How Addiction Develops, then you learned about the different stages. People can hang out in certain stages for a very long time, and this is the big problem for gray area drinkers. Their drinking is definitely bad and brings a lot of negativity and suffering to their lives, but it's not that bad. Nothing bad has happened to them. They continue to parent, work, pay their bills, stay married. Maybe they aren't doing a great job in most or all of these areas, but they're doing okay. We all have beliefs around drinking about how it benefits us and makes our lives better. Until the negatives from your drinking outweigh these perceived positives, it will be very difficult to make a lasting change. The gray area drinkers may hover right below their misery threshold for their entire lives even. They're miserable, but not miserable enough to give up their best friend alcohol. I never assign you guys homework, but if you are currently drinking, I'd like you to spend some time reflecting on the positives drinking brings to your life. So the positives that we think alcohol is bringing to our lives are called positive alcohol expectancies. These are associations that we've made about how alcohol makes us more social, makes us have fun, helps us unwind after a long day, or eases our anxiety. These associations become memories and are further cemented into our minds by the large dopamine release that alcohol causes in our nucleus accumbens. Remember, dopamine in this area reinforces that a behavior is good. This was initially designed for things that help us survive, but alcohol and other drugs are able to hijack this system in a very powerful way. And that's why our beliefs about how alcohol is good become so strong. You are more likely to repeat a behavior if you believe you're getting good things out of it. My main beliefs were that alcohol is fun and makes me happy. I believed that if I didn't drink, my life would be boring and sad forever. That's a really powerful reason to keep drinking. Research has shown that there is a significant association between positive alcohol expectancies and how much and how often a person will drink. In psychology, expectancy theory is the idea that we will be motivated to do some behaviors over others because of what we expect the outcome will be. Humans are motivated to choose behaviors that maximize pleasure and minimize pain. This is one reason why it's so hard to stop drinking, because alcohol provides an instant reward. You don't have to do anything to get this reward. Even just the anticipation of drinking provides a reward. It's hard to make the other choice when you know it's more painful and less pleasurable. When something happens that makes the pain of drinking again outweigh the positives of continuing to drink, it creates the expectation that drinking leads to negative things, making us not want to drink. There's an interesting study from 2015 that looked at the role positive alcohol expectancies play in a college student's propensity to binge drink. The positive alcohol expectancies that they looked at were breaks the ice, enhances social activity, facilitates a connection with peers, gives people something to talk about, facilitates male bonding, facilitates female bonding, allows people to have more fun, gives people something to do, makes women sexier, makes men sexier, and makes me sexier. 
Researchers found that students who agreed with more of these statements were more likely to binge drink in the past two weeks. A little more than half of the participants agreed with each statement, with the most agreement being about feeling sexier. Over 60% of the participants felt that alcohol made them sexier. I think this is really interesting, actually, because if you listen to my episode about alcohol and sex, drunk Jill was not sexy, and she knew it. So other studies have shown that having more positive alcohol expectancies is associated with drinking to cope and drinking more, and with more negative consequences from drinking. This makes sense because you're not just choosing to drink because you're being social or it's a special occasion. You're choosing to drink because of something bad that's going on. Whatever we believe alcohol is doing, it's usually doing the exact opposite for us. So the easiest example of this is with anxiety. We believe that alcohol helps our anxiety, but in reality, alcohol actually causes anxiety. If you're struggling with positive alcohol expectancies, then try to be aware of your actual situation. Are you really getting these positives or do you just think that you are? I thought I was having fun, but every special occasion or party was ruined by the end of the night because of my drinking. I thought alcohol made me happy, but I've never experienced anything more miserable than being awake in the middle of the night thinking about how much of a loser I am. If alcohol brings misery to your life, then that's a sign that you should stop drinking. People who are able to moderate and not obsess over alcohol don't feel miserable from their drinking. It doesn't even matter how much or how often you drink. It matters what happens when you do drink. I polled people on Instagram to see what they thought the definition of a gray area drinker is. Some really interesting responses were, goes days, weeks, or months without drinking or wanting to, but when they drink, they struggle to moderate. Maybe a drink or two almost every day without realizing it with occasional binges. And physically problematic, but socially accepted, probably emotionally struggling in silence. Alcohol use disorder is a spectrum. It's not you have a problem or you don't have a problem. In the middle of the spectrum exists the gray area drinkers. They're not causing absolute destruction to their lives, but things aren't great behind the scenes. Gray area drinkers might realize that saying no to another drink is hard, and sometimes they can do it, sometimes they can't. They might worry about their drinking, so they do dry January or sober October every year to prove to themselves that they aren't an alcoholic. They might struggle with a ton of shame and guilt about their drinking. On the outside, a gray area drinker looks perfectly normal most of the time. They haven't had any consequences and everyone tells them they're fine, but inside they worry about their drinking. If problematic drinking exists on a scale of 1 to 10, with total life destruction being a 10, then I was probably like a 6 or a 7. Even though I couldn't go one day without drinking, I still challenged myself to one week sober and then 90 days sober to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic. Just the fact that you worry about your drinking means it's problematic and it's likely better for your life if you don't drink. We've established that if something happens that makes the negatives outweigh the positives, then it's much easier to quit and stay sober. 
This switch isn't permanent, though. The longer we stay sober, the easier it is for these negatives to fade away. We have fond memories of occasions where we drank, and we know that most nights ended badly, but we have so much more distance from the bad things that have happened that they don't seem so bad anymore. We have distance from our suffering. For me, I don't even feel like the same person. I know all of those things happen to me, but it doesn't feel real anymore. It would be easy for me to selectively remember the fun times that I had drinking and start to feel nostalgic. We also might start to wonder if we ever really had a problem in the first place, especially if you just stopped drinking one day. All of these thoughts begin to tip the balance between the negatives and positives of alcohol. And once the positives start to outweigh the negatives, it makes it way more likely that we will go back to drinking. What helps me is to remember that I stopped for a very good reason. Getting sober is hard. People think you're a weird loser. They label you. They constantly pressure and question you, and you might lose some of your friends. No one would go through that experience unless if it were for a very good reason. For some of my friends, it helps them to keep old drunk pictures of themselves as reminders. I don't like that sort of thing because it makes me feel horrible about myself. But whatever method works for you, the important part is not letting the balance tip towards the positive side. What I hope for you gray area drinkers listening to the show is that you realize that life can be good if you never drink again. You're not really losing anything except whatever your personal brand of misery is. I hope this episode was helpful and enlightening for some of you that may have been struggling with this and didn't really know what it was. And remember to check out my Patreon page in the link in the show notes, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.